WDEL On Demand, brought to you by Stanley Steamer. Air duct cleaning. Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Well, is the anti-vax movement in this country, that is, those opposed to routine childhood vaccinations, is it spreading? By one measure, it is. At least three Republican candidates for governor, and by the way, not just necessarily in the south or the interior of the country, in Connecticut. Well, Oklahoma, which is the interior, but also Oregon, now openly question requiring shots for school kids. Live on the WDL Newsline from New York, veteran medical ethicist Dr. Art Kaplan, professor of bioethics, founding director of the Division of Medical Ethics, New York University's Langone Health Center, author of dozens of books and published articles about medical ethics and related issues. Dr. Kaplan, welcome. Your thoughts, does it appear to be spreading and what can be done to counter it? It does appear to be spreading, Alan. It's not the biggest movement, but it's spreading slowly, and it's naive. It's not paying attention to the well-established science. If you want to get measles protection, flu protection, you've got to get 92, 93, 94% of kids or adults getting their shots, and the only way to do that is to make it a school requirement. You've got to give an incentive. So when these governors and other anti-vaxxers come out and say, well, I don't know, I'm not sure the government should be pushing uh, shots on the parents, I disagree. I think that is the public health requirement. Well, in a way, it reminds one uh, for someone who's quite elderly now of, you know, the anti-fluoride uh, uh, movement in the yeah. 50s. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we have seen this kind of resistance to mandatory things in the past. We have. People have fought fluoride requirements, even though the evidence is overwhelming that it really helps with uh, dental health. People fought seatbelts. People fought uh, even uh, car seats for kids. Some people just don't like the government telling them what to do. But if you're a kid, you have a right to get vaccinated. You have a right to have your health protected. You can't just depend upon only what your parents uh, do or think. Sometimes the government has to step in. By the way, remember these uh, deaths that just took place at this uh, facility for the disabled in New Jersey from adenovirus? Yes. Those kids are also extremely vulnerable to measles, mumps, other infectious diseases. Some of them have weak immune systems. That's why they had this outbreak that killed so many. If the rest of us don't get vaccinated, we put all of them at risk. You talk to any parent who's got a kid with cancer, has a child who just got a transplant, and they'll tell you they depend on their neighbors to get vaccinated to protect their kid. Yeah, latest seven children dead, 12 others second from that virus in New Jersey. Ongoing story there. I guess there is an inherent clash between libertarian philosophy, uh, public health and other scientific imperatives, public skepticism of establishment science and the like. No, there is. We are in the time at which experts and scientists and doctors aren't listened to as much. I think that's unfortunate because I think the science on vaccines is pretty clear. They don't cause autism. They are very safe. You're much better off when you're pregnant getting your shots than not doing it, even though a lot of women worry about that. Um, the data is there. We've been studying vaccines for 50 years. I won't say that they're absolutely 100% risk-free, but at a time when measles are all over Europe and people get on planes and fly over here, we've just had a big measles outbreak in New York State, not far from where I'm talking to you, uh, you get 
a world where diseases can move in 12, 24 hours, you want to make sure that you are vaccinated. It really is your best defense. Yeah, it, you could argue we're in a perfect storm stage, aren't we, in, in the sense that with all the global uh, transportation and transfer of goods, I mean, we see this with the, the outbreak of invasive insect species and other critters uh, that end up transmitting stuff for which uh, there is no protection or little protection to this. Uh, it, it's like there's that clash between skepticism of, of organized uh, science and research and uh, the fact that this stuff is more easily uh, transmissible than ever before for that reason. It really is. You know, Zika, Ebola, these are things where vaccines are either now with us or underway, and I think we would want to use those if we were traveling to a place that has those particular outbreaks. But again, I think people sometimes worry, well, it's pharmaceutical companies just trying to make money, although they don't really make their money selling vaccines. That isn't the most lucrative thing for them that they're dangerous because somehow they're connected to autism, but we know that we're starting to be able to diagnose autism in utero before anybody gives anybody a vaccine, so that clearly isn't a cause. And they're just those who get their back up and say, government shouldn't tell me what to do, but I think to protect kids, sometimes the government says, put in a seatbelt, get your child's safety seat in there, and get vaccinated. Do you think perhaps the cynicism is fueled from uh, seemingly related stories that are somewhat unrelated. I mean, for example, we hear that the flu vaccine in a given year was not as effective percentage-wise yeah. as before. Or there was a Lyme disease uh, regimen of shots, three of them, in the 1990s, and then it was quickly pulled from the market, and so on. I do. I think every year the flu vaccine, because the flu virus mutates, it's not clear that it's going to be the best thing, but I'll tell you, it's better than just getting the flu. What people don't say is, if you get the flu vaccine, maybe it doesn't prevent you from getting the flu, but it'll make the disease a lot less awful when you have it. So you'll get better faster. Symptoms won't be as bad. Um, we're big on getting flu vaccine, even though we're not sure it's going to work well in our hospitals, because we know we get a lot of people there who are elderly, sick, and they can't build up uh, resistance to the flu. 80,000 flu deaths last year mean, boy, I think you want to try the flu vaccine if and if it turns out not to be great. Yeah. Uh, and finally, you have kind of uh, at times gotten into controversial politics where politics rubs with medicine. I'm just kind of curious, uh, do you have any strategy or idea how to confront political candidates uh, that spread uh, well, kind of the medical equivalent of conspiracy theories? Yeah, I think when they debate, they should be called out. When you're tweeting or looking online, you should call these candidates out who are spreading anti-vaccine nonsense. And I think ultimately at the ballot box, you should reject them. It's not fair to children to vote in somebody who says, I don't think we're going to require shots uh, for kids going to school. It's the only tool we have to protect kids who can't really choose for themselves. I bet when you became a medical ethicist in the beginning, way back, you didn't even anticipate some of these controversies. <laughs> that in, is in the new- for sure. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a surreal world. It really is. That is for sure. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Really hey, appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. All right. Take care. Veteran medical ethicist, Dr. Art Kaplan, professor of bioethics, founding director, the Division of Medical Ethics, NYU's Langone Health Center, author of dozens of books and published articles, live from New York for a while. He was in the Philadelphia area as well in his career.